best friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining us for the very first time. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. As you may know, June is Pride Month for the LGBTQIA community. There tends to be a lot of focus on sexuality, who's lesbian, who's gay, who's bisexual, whatever, which is great and something I personally relate to as someone who is bisexual. However, the acronym is inclusive of all gender identities as well. If you want to talk bisexuality specifically about me and like what coming out was like for me, you can go to season one, episode two of this podcast. This week, though, we're going to be diving into the different gender identities. I personally am cisgender, meaning I identify with the gender I was assigned at birth, but I've done a ton of research for all of our benefit because it's not anyone else's job to teach me concepts I can so easily learn myself. But before we get into that, let's do our weekly mental health check. How are you doing? Are you doing amazing? Are you doing sucky? Either is okay. We're gonna rate from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. For me personally, I think I'm somewhere between like a three and a four. I'm not feeling good, but I'm not really feeling middle of the road, you know? I feel like I'm in this like weird sci-fi Twilight Zone era where time doesn't make any sense and time is moving too fast and too slow at the same time. It's very annoying (laughs) and it feels like I just can't get any of the things done that I really need to get done. So that's, it's not feeling good, but I'm also like not stressed about it, which is stressing me out that I'm not stressed. So (laughs) I don't know what that's about. It's weird. Check in with yourself. Ask yourself how you're genuinely feeling. You don't have to actually say it out loud. Just say it in your own head and that's fine too. But it is very important to still check in with yourself, especially if you are somebody who kind of tends to take care of other people before yourself. So check in. How are you doing? While you are pondering that, I will talk about our book TV show or movie of the week. It is going to be a book this week. It's Darling Girl by Liz Michalski. I love a good fairy tale retelling, so this is no different. This is kind of like a continuation of the Peter Pan story, only in this one, Peter Pan is the villain, and we're following the granddaughter of Wendy Darling who is like the main female child in the original Peter Pan. We're following her granddaughter named Holly, who has uh, two children, um, each with their own issues. So it's more of a darker story and a deeper story than the original like Peter Pan. I have about 50 pages left, um, but for me, the middle is dragging kind of a lot. Like I feel like it needs to move faster And I'm starting to get into the faster moving section, but I don't know. I kind of feel like I know what's going to happen at the end. Like I've, I've picked up on a few clues and I really don't like when I can guess it. I like when it fits with what the clues have been, but I don't like when the clues are so obvious. I was like, okay, why didn't we just do this in the beginning? Oh, because there would be no story. Kind of makes the story feel manufactured. So for me, this is like three and a half to four stars. If you love fairy tale retellings, I would recommend this one. If you like thrillers, darker books, I would recommend this one, but do take it with a grain of salt because it starts off really fast paced and then kind of moves slow once they change location in the story. 
So with all of that very quickly behind us, let's just jump into our topic for the week. We're going to start with the basics. This episode is geared specifically toward people who are struggling with understanding different gender identities, who maybe grew up in a generation where there were only two genders, quote unquote. I want to give you all the information that you need to kind of understand this. I'll also talk a little bit about pronouns, what to do if you don't know someone's pronouns, what to do if you mess it up, that kind of thing. This is not a judgment zone. If you're someone who just doesn't get it and you're just like, I don't get it, I don't want to learn someone's pronouns, I don't care about their gender identity, this episode's actually for you. It's very important to allow people to be themselves. And one of the ways that people are more able to be themselves today in today's day and age is with their gender identity and gender expression and their pronouns. And so it's such a small thing to be kind and respectful towards someone, no matter if their beliefs, gender identities, pronouns, or whatever are not something that you agree with. You don't have to understand. You don't have to agree. You do have to be kind. But I do think that understanding is one of the first steps toward kind of opening yourself up to being able to offer that kindness to someone. Oftentimes, if we are confused about something or we don't understand it, it's scary, it's bad, it's horrible, I don't want it, I don't like it, get it away from me. But if you understand, then you're more likely to be like, oh, okay, I I get it, um, I can still be kind, I still don't, you know, I I don't personally identify that way, but that's fine. If you don't get it, this is for you. We are going to start with the basics. We're going to start with the acronym LGBTQIA+. This is the longest acronym and it's the one that's most widely agreed upon currently. So I'm just going to go through and I'll tell you what each of the letters mean in order, okay? First, the L means lesbian, female identified people attracted romantically, erotically, or emotionally to other female identified people, okay? G is gay. It has fully replaced the term homosexual. Homosexual is too clinical and it is riddled with stigma. So gay can be used for male or female attracted to the same sex. So male identified people attracted to males, female identified people attracted to females. The B stands for bisexual. A bisexual person is typically defined as someone who is attracted to people of their gender and other genders. I am bisexual. I, I identify as bisexual, but I feel like bisexuality and pansexuality are very similar. I kind of go into this again in season one, episode two, called About My Sexuality. But bisexual implies that you're only attracted to women and men identified people, which is not always the case for a bisexual person. The T stands for transgender. The word transgender is an umbrella term for people whose gender identity or gender expression differs from what is typically associated with their sex assigned at birth. So this is, for example, someone who is born a male, biologically a male, but their gender identity is female. So they present or express themselves as a female. The word transgender is irrespective of any gender reassignment surgeries someone may or may not have or the body they're currently in. So in my previous example, the 
male at birth who identifies as female, they could still present as a male, but that does not mean that they are male. They identify as female, so they are female. A really common misconception is that cross-dressers, such as drag queens, are trans or transgender. People who cross-dress are not necessarily and are often not transgender, so they don't actually identify with a sex other than the one that they were born in. Another term you might have heard is transsexual. It's also used but not really very much anymore because it has a really negative connotation, has a lot of stigma behind it. It's still used in the medical field to identify someone who has had gender-affirming surgeries. So for my born a male example, if that person had a breast construction or anything like that. In the end, it is up to the person, like what do they want to be identified as? If someone tells you I'm transsexual, it's not then your right or your burden or your <laughs> responsibility to tell them, no, 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 you can't call yourself that. If they want to be called transsexual, that's fine, but transgender is typically the, the umbrella term that we use here. The Q, LGBTQ, the Q stands for queer or questioning. Queer is used as, again, a blanket term to define the sexual preferences, orientations, and habits of not exclusively heterosexual and monogamous majority. It can refer to both gender and sexual identities. The questioning subset refers to people who are not heterosexual, who are not straight, but who are still questioning their place within the queer community. So they know they're not straight, but they're not really sure where they fall, not sure if they're bisexual, pansexual, gay, lesbian, whatever. They're just not sure. The I means intersex. The term intersex is used to describe people who are born with reproductive or sexual anatomy that does not fit the typical definitions of male and female. It's important to remember that sex does not equal gender. So when we are thinking about intersex people, there are several conditions that a person might be born with that don't fit the typical definitions of male or female. So for example, they might have some cells having two X chromosomes, so having female characteristics, and some having XY chromosomes, so having male characteristics. Someone might be born with genitals that appear to be in between the usual male and female presentations. Someone might appear to be female on the outside, but actually has male anatomy inside. And sometimes these characteristics aren't even noticed until puberty when our body goes through a lot of different changes. Intersex is an adjective that describes a person. You might have also heard the term hermaphrodite. It is from Greek mythology. It's based on like the children between Hermes and Aphrodite, put it together, hermaphrodite. Do not use this term. It is archaic. It is offensive. We now use the term intersex. The letter A stands for asexual. Asexual people are simply defined as those who do not feel a sexual attraction to others. This is not the same as aromantic. Aromantic means that those individuals do not feel romantic attraction. Sexual attraction and romantic attraction are different. So asexual people can be romantically attracted to somebody, but sexual attraction does not play a role in the relationship. So the full acronym is LGBTQIA+. 
The plus is inclusive of any sexualities or gender identities not included in the acronym, such as pansexual, genderqueer, or non-binary. This leaves space for the development of new words or types of identities because this is always evolving. And the plus also includes allies. In some definitions, the A stood for ally, but what I'm presenting for you here, the plus is for the allies. So that's for someone who is cisgender, so identifies as the gender that they were assigned at birth. So if you were born biologically male and you identify as male, okay, and you're heterosexual or you're straight, so you're attracted to the opposite gender. That would make you potentially an ally. An ally is someone who does support the LGBTQIA community. Something else that outside of the acronym I think people find to be a little bit confusing is that there are at least three parts to gender. At least three. Three that I'll talk about here today. The first is gender expression. This is how you choose to express your gender in public. So things like your haircut, your clothing, how you pitch your voice, your body characteristics, how you behave, those are how you express your gender. Your gender expression might also be different than how you present, which is gender presentation. Gender presentation is how the world sees and understands your gender. And thirdly, there's gender identity. Your gender identity is your personal sense of what your own gender is. So break this down just a, just a smidgen. So let's say that you decide your current gender or sex isn't right for you. Let's say that you were born biologically female, but you feel like a male or you feel non-binary. You don't feel like either one of those really fits for you. You might want to make your gender identity, your personal sense of what your gender is, fit with your ideal gender expression, how you express yourself through your outward characteristics, such as your hair, your clothes, etc., and your presentation. So change, again, how the world sees you. This is called transitioning, and it can include social aspects like telling other people what pronouns you like. It can be legal, like changing your name officially, or it can be medical, like taking hormones or having gender-affirming surgeries. You don't have to go through all of these things to be officially transgender or to have your gender identity be valid. It's all up to you and what feels safe and comfortable. Okay, so I, I did a ton of research on this and I actually purchased a book called The Gender Book. So good. It's literally at thegenderbook.com. I also researched on the Trevor Project website. Very, very good resources there. So all of this is available to you and I will link it in the show notes. So let's talk about some gender identities. This is not fully inclusive of all gender identities that exist. This is just an example of something to maybe broaden your mind or start a conversation with others or yourself. So cisgender is what I am. I've mentioned it a couple times. It's someone who never questions their gender or what they were assigned at birth. I was born biologically female. I have never questioned whether or not I was a girl or not. I feel like a girl. I present as a girl. I feel good about it. I don't want to change it. I am cisgender. If you are not like me and you don't think that your gender assigned at birth fits with how you feel inside, you might identify as transgender. 
Again, transgender is an umbrella term, and it includes many other labels such as genderqueer and gender nonconforming. Genderqueer and gender nonconforming identities describe someone whose gender expression is, or appears to be, different than their assigned gender role. Usually, genderqueer and gender nonconforming people avoid gender-specific pronouns like she, her, or he, him. They use more neutral pronouns instead, such as they, them. It's also important to note that if you are genderqueer or gender nonconforming, you don't feel that you fit into the she, her box or the he, him box, that doesn't necessarily mean that you identify as transgender. You might simply identify as genderqueer or gender nonconforming. And I know that sounds a little bit confusing because those two little labels fall under the umbrella of transgender or these diverse gender identities. I will give you a couple different gender identities just to think about. Um, but before I do, I really want to talk about one of the arguments that I've heard quite a lot for this new gender thing or the pronoun thing or whatever. I'm saying all that with air quotes around it. You can't see me, but I'm doing it. So the aspect of two genders, it's not as set in stone as you might think. There are several cultures globally who have ideas such as third gender, like Native American cultures. And even in Nepal, the government forms, there's a third gender option. So it's not always male-female. And this, this idea of multiple genders has been around for a very, very long time, hundreds if not thousands of years. Again, they're Native American cultures who believe that these third gender people are actually closer to the gods, who are blessed, who are closer to the spirit than those who are in the masculine or feminine genders that we kind of see today in our Western culture. So one of the gender identities is actually third gender, and that's in Nepal and in some Native American cultures. There are also people who are agender, those who identify with having no gender or a neutral gender. There's also pangender, people who identify with all genders. Polygender, those who identify with many but not all genders. Gender fluid, which is people whose behavior and presentation changes depending on the situation or their mood. So they might decide to be more masculine one day or more feminine another day. Bigender is those who alternate between two distinct gender roles. This may include, but not always, people such as drag performers or cross-dressers. There's also intergender, those who identify as somewhere between masculine and feminine, somewhere in the middle. There's ambigender, those who identify to some degree with both masculine and feminine genders, but not all aspects of, of each. There's also genderqueer or non-binary, which we've mentioned. Those whose gender identity falls outside the gender binaries entirely don't relate to any of them. If you're listening and you're like, yo, you didn't say my gender identity, don't worry. This is not a set list. Gender identities are ever evolving. These are only a starting point for a conversation. So I've given you like a whole bunch of terms that maybe you haven't known up to this point. And maybe you're like, okay, so what if someone says that they're non-binary and then two years later are like, no, I, I actually identify as a female now, but they were born biologically male. 
So they went from non-binary to a trans woman. Does that make their gender identity less valid when they believe that they were non-binary? The answer is no. We are people who are constantly changing and finding out more about ourselves and who we are as people. To me, I think of it kind of like if you get married to somebody and you sign all the documents, you do the wedding, your family showed up, whatever, and you end up getting divorced to that person. Was the marriage false because you ended up getting a divorce and deciding to go a different direction in your life? No, it's not. It's just simply that was a part of your life. It was a very real part of your life. You changed, it ended, and now you're starting something else. It's just that simple. Some people may never change their gender identity. They might be non-binary or ambigender or intergender their entire lives, and that's perfectly fine. But that person is not more valid than someone who is non-binary and then ambigender and then intergender and then bigender. There's nothing wrong with changing your gender identity because as you learn more about yourself, you might discover that another label actually fits you better. Changing over time does not reduce validity. I want to talk about something that I heard the other day, and this is something that I've heard multiple times as an argument for the idea that transgender people are just doing it like for attention or whatever. So the example that this person gave was there was a guy that they worked with, a man at their office, 40 years old, and he was just Billy in the corner cubicle the whole time that he'd worked there for 10 years or whatever. Billy decided one day to come into work, talk to his manager, and say, Mr. Manager person, I now identify as a woman. I would like to be called Jane. My pronouns are she, her. And so the manager's like, okay, cool, no problem, introduces Jane to the rest of the office, informs the rest of the office that Jane is now Jane, and she would like to be referred to as she, her, or Jane. Now, this person who was talking about this was under the impression that this was done for attention or in some way because Billy was 40 years old, there's no way that Billy could have decided one day to be Jane. And my response is this. Jane likely debated this for a very long time. Coming out as a trans woman is not an easy thing to do. You have to contend with your family, your closest friends, maybe your romantic partner, let alone your work associates who are now looking at you differently because you have finally decided to be yourself. And it's not as though this is just like some easy, you know, breezy transition. This is difficult for Jane in this scenario because she has likely considered all of the backlash that she might receive. And it may be true that Billy was comfortable being Billy for 40 years and then entered into a new phase of their life where they were Jane. And that's okay this person did decide to come out and tell everyone, like, this is who I am, regardless of the fact that she may be targeted now as a trans woman. Some people may take it upon themselves to physically harm her. She might be singled out at work. 
maybe she's a part of a religion that has very strict gender-conforming roles. So this isn't something that's just taken lightly. And I think some people think that it's just taken lightly, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just changing now. I have to imagine that this is a very difficult situation to be put in because you're trying to grow as a person. You're trying to find out who you actually are. You're on this journey your whole life of self-actualization, trying to get to the highest version of yourself and imagine being met with derision now that you feel, I feel so, I feel ready to be out and be Jane and to tell all my coworkers and friends and family and romantic partners, I'm Jane, my pronouns are she, her. Instead of treating this person with derision or looking at it like attention-seeking behavior, why not just be proud of that person for the amount of courage and bravery that it must have taken to stand up in front of all their work colleagues and say, hello, I'm Jane, my pronouns are she, her. I also did some research on how to be an ally. I don't have very many trans people or non-cisgender people in my life, but I don't think that that's an excuse for not knowing how to treat people properly. You know what I mean? So according to the gender book, again, amazing book, I will link it, you should refer to someone as the gender they are presenting at that moment or use their chosen name until you can ask how they prefer to be referred to. Personally, I think I would stick to gender neutral. I use a lot of they, them, or just use their name until you are certain of their pronouns that they prefer. This wasn't in the book, but this is something that I've seen kind of a lot on social media. Like on Twitter, for example, you can specify your pronouns. If your pronouns are she, her, he, him, they, them, whatever. And I find that for people who are maybe not cisgender or who are trans or who are non-binary, genderqueer, gender fluid, they might feel more comfortable fully being themselves if the people in power, which would be the cisgender people, are more open and accepting and just saying, hi, my name is Chelsea, my pronouns are she, her, what's your name, what are your pronouns? You know what I mean? And it, I know that it seems uncomfortable at first, but imagine how uncomfortable it must be to be constantly referred to as the wrong thing. For example, my husband's name is Donovan. He hates, hates when people call him Don. But people call him Don all the time in email, in conversation, in text. He hates it. And it's uncomfortable to correct someone like, hey, I really don't like being called that. My name is Donovan, you know? So imagine that, but for your pronouns. You know, it, to me, same thing, same thing. How to be an ally, number two. Do not, this should go without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Do not ask about someone's genitals. Do not ask about someone's surgery. That is none of your business. If they want to share that with you, then that's amazing. They're fully able and there's a word that I'm looking for. I don't know what it is, but you know what I mean. If they want to tell you, then they can tell you, but you cannot ask that. That's so inappropriate. That is so inappropriate. You would not ask a cis woman if she had had a boob job, right? You would not do that. That's so weird. So do not ask someone 
who is transgender or otherwise about their genitals or their surgery. That's so weird. Okay? Number three, if you make a mistake, let's say that you are at the office with Jane and you refer to her as a him. Apologize and move on. Oh, so sorry. I meant she and then go on with the meeting or the conversation. Or if they correct you, I'm so sorry, you're absolutely right, I'll do better. Make the effort to respect their identity moving forward. Just apologize and move on. It's not hard, and don't take offense when someone corrects you. They're just informing you, look, that's not, that's not who I am. I'm not a him, I'm a her. Okay, cool, I'm sorry, my bad, and then move on. Number four. Never stop learning and share what you know. This is something that I personally am trying to practice. I learned a lot when doing this research and I'm happy to share it with you guys. I'm happy to share my resources and share some of this knowledge that I have gained. I am by no means an expert, but I do think that doing the research and doing the work and putting in the effort is very, very important. And we live in a day and age where Ignorance is no longer an acceptable excuse, right? We have access to all the information on the planet on our phone right now. You can Google anything you want to know and you will find out in five minutes or less. Okay, so I've just compiled these resources. I'm sharing with you. Maybe you share this show, this podcast, this episode with a friend of yours. Maybe you share it with your parents. Maybe you share it with a sibling. I don't know. But I do think that sharing the information and knowing is half the battle. Because if we know and we know how to treat people and approach people, we kind of have a better idea of what a gender identity even is. We're more able to be kind instead of afraid. Okay? And finally, maybe not finally, not finally, but one of the (laughs) second to last, second to last, do not tolerate disrespectful jokes or language. It's not funny. It is not funny to call someone any number of transphobic slurs. It's not cute. Don't like it. Don't stand for it. As a cisgender person, as someone who is in a body that reflects my gender, like how I feel, it is my responsibility to stand up for people who are being treated poorly because of their gender identity. That sucks. That's lame. Don't don't be the person making the sucky jokes. Be the person to stand up for the person who's being bullied. And this, this is my final point. You need to vote. You need to look at your lawmakers, look at the people in your community who are running for office, and discern if these people are going to protect the rights of the most vulnerable. In this particular conversation, we're talking about people who are not cisgender people. Just take a look at your lawmakers. And this is important, honestly, with every issue we have in our community. Police control, gun control, transphobia, racism, all of it. It is very important to look at your lawmakers and make a genuine effort, a concerted effort to put people in office that reflect the community that you actually want to have. Not, oh, it's fine, or oh, I'm too lazy to do the research. We can't do that anymore. We are beyond the point 
of I'll just cast my vote or I won't vote at all. It is so important to exercise our right to vote and to make the world a place that we want to live. The last thing I want to leave you with is this. I watched a TikTok video the other day. I have been doom scrolling yet again. I have a problem. I know. I'm sorry. But I was watching a TikTok video and the person was doing was just talking to the screen and they were like, what makes you feel like the gender you are? Because I was born a woman, but I don't know that I've ever actually felt like a woman, but I don't really feel like a man either. So am I non-binary? I don't know. And so that made me question, what does it mean specifically for me to be a woman? What does it mean to be a man? Okay, so from my own perspective, is being a woman something physically that happens to you? Is it the ability to get pregnant? No, because some women never get pregnant. Some women are infertile. Okay, so it's not that. Is it a menstrual cycle? No, I didn't have a cycle for five years when I was on birth control. Okay, um, it's not that. I was not not a woman during that period. Okay, is it long hair? No. Is it breasts? No. Some men have breasts as well. Some men actually have breast tissue. Is it genitalia? No, because there's so much variety in genitalia. There's not actually one specific way that these things look, right? As a man, if your penis was cut off, would you still be a man? The answer is yes, correct? So it's not genitals. So what is it that defines our gender? I'm not talking about sex. Sex is biological. It is the anatomy that you are born with. Your gender is how you feel. It is your gender expression. It is your gender identity. So what is it that makes me a woman? And I've been thinking about that a lot. Gender is a construct. Gender is all of these ideas that have been put on us since we are babies, right? I was born female, so I was wrapped in the pink blanket. If you were born male, you were wrapped in the blue blanket. As a little fun fact, blue actually used to be a feminine color back in the 50s. So is blue not masculine? Is pink not feminine? I don't know. What about heels? High heels were actually originally made for men. Right, so the, the point that I'm trying to make here <laughs> is that we look at gender as this physical expression. And while physical expression is certainly a way to express your gender, that is not gender. Gender has a lot more to do with how you feel inside yourself. And I do want to be clear that this is not intended to, like, force you to change your gender or anything. But I am confronting you with the idea that gender is not as cut and dried as we are led to believe. Just because you are born one way does not mean that you will exist that way. And you might not exist in the same way your entire life. I already said this, but I'll say it again. We are constantly evolving as humans. We are always trying to become the highest version, the best version, the truest version of ourselves. So how could we possibly deny someone who is like, look, I was born biologically male, but I am not a male on the inside. 
How could I deny someone the ability to affirm themselves and how they actually feel that they are? If you feel that you're a woman, a man, non-binary, neither, all of them, okay, let's do it. Let's get you to the highest version of yourself because that's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to become the best versions of whoever we are. And so on that note, we are about at the end of our time together this week. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. I would also encourage you to share this episode. You can share from the Apple Podcasts app or the Spotify app or honestly, whatever app you listen from. I think the information in here is something that we should just spread. We're not gatekeeping information. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at your so quiet pod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. There I can keep you up to date with future episodes and allow you to participate in future episodes. That's all for now. Okay, love you. Bye.